We're continuing our discussion uh, this year and, and getting closer. And uh, as we've gone through this, we're trying to look beyond kind of some of the cliches that, that people use. Uh, the cliches are cliches because they're true. We're not saying that they're not true. Uh, but, uh, but we want to get deeper into learning about what it means to get closer to God. What, what does that entail? Uh, and and we're going to turn real, real fast. We're going to go. We've got a lot to get through today. So we're going to try to, uh, to, to get straight to it here. Mark chapter 12 is our text. One of the scribes came up to him and heard him disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered him well, said to him, which commandment is the most important of all? Or which is the first and greatest, some of your versions may say. Jesus answered, the most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord, he is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And we are going to obviously switch that up a little bit. We're, we're uh, going to change the order um, because we, we talked a little bit about the, the heart and what it means. And we, we kind of established that the heart and the mind are connected. Obviously, the heart is just the blood pumper. This doesn't do anything really as it, other than just keep me upright. That's, that's what this does. And, uh, but, but when he talks about the heart, he's talking about our center. And, and, and all of this has to do with uh, the, the thought processes or the various elements of my inner person uh, that, that God wants to be engaged in this relationship with him. And so, so there is some crossover because the Bible constantly talks about the heart and the mind. And, and yet... There, we, we talked about last week, we, we noticed the scripture, we, we said you think in your heart, and, and that there's an element of our emotional side of us that does operate off of thoughts. Uh, and so we're going to go back to the mind, it's not redundant, but we are going to, to look and, and try to differentiate uh, some of this. And uh, one of the verses that, that came to mind, and as I got into it, I just ended up deciding it was going to be our, our main uh, passage that we're going to go through. Um, so buckle up, we're turning to Psalms 119. Uh, and the more I went through it, I said, you know, it might just be easier to read it. Uh, so, so we're going to go through Psalms 119 this morning. <clears throat> and I'm going to try to make it through this with my throat. So, uh, maybe I'll have to call on some people to finish up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Psalms 119. Uh, if you're not aware of Psalms 119, what it is, it's a poem, and it's based on the alphabet of the. Uh, it's based on the alphabet of uh, uh, the, the the Hebrew alphabet. Each eight verse uh, section begins. The, every verse begins in Hebrew. You wouldn't notice it in English, but but in Hebrew, each the the first letter of each stanza. Of each line of the stanza begins with that letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it's, it's, a, it's a really kind of neat composition. Uh, and unfortunately, we, we don't get to, to uh, look at that part of it when we read it in English. He says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. <clears throat> who seek him with a whole heart and they do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart. 
when I learn of your righteous judgments, and I will keep your statutes, so do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Thank you. And we are not going to make it through this. We've got like 166 more verses to go. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. As much as in all riches, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant so that I might live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgment at all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed who stray from your commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight and my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways, and you have answered me, so teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and so shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I cling to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments. For you enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. And I incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to covetousness. And turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things, and revive me in your way. Establish your word according uh, to your servant who is devoted to fearing you turn away my reproach which i dread for your judgments are good behold i long for your precepts revive me in your righteousness let your mercies come to me o lord your salvation according to your word and so shall i have an answer for him who reproaches me i trust in your word and i don't uh, and take not the word of truth utterly from my mouth For I have hoped in your ordinances, and so shall I keep your law continually forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, and I will seek your precepts, and I will speak of your testimonies before kings, and I will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands will I lift to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. Remember the word to your servant, upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction for your word has given me life, and the proud have, uh, have me in great derision. Yet I do not turn aside from your law. I remembered your judgments of old, O Lord, and I have comforted myself. Indignation has taken hold of me because of the wicked who forsake your law. And the statutes have been my song in the house of my pilgrimage. I remembered your name in the night, O Lord, and I kept your law. And this has become mine because I have kept your precepts. You are my portion, O Lord, and I have said that I would keep your words. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your words. I thought about my ways, and I have turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste 
I did not delay to keep your commandments, and the cords of the wicked have bound me. But I have not forgotten your law. And at midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteousness, uh, because of your righteous judgments. And I am a companion of all who fear you, and of all those who keep your precepts. And the Lord, the earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy, so teach me your statutes. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgments and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. And I was afflicted, and I went astray. But now I keep your word. You are good, and you do good. Teach me your statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted so that I can learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn of your commands. Those who fear will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in your word. Oh, I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right, and that the faithfulness you have afflicted me, not lest I pray, let I pray your merciful kindness be for comfort, according to your word and your servant. Let your tender mercies come to me, that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood, but I will meditate on your precepts, and let those who fear you turn to me. Those who know your testimonies, let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes, so that I may not be ashamed. My soul faints for your salvation, but I hope in your word my eyes fail from searching your word. Saying, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in smoke, yet I do not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? The proud have dug pits for me, which is not according your law. All your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully, help me. And they almost made an end of me on the earth. But I did not forsake your precepts. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. Halfway done. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You established the earth and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances for all are your servants, unless your law had been my delight, and I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life, and I am yours, so save me. For I have sought your precepts, and the wicked wait for me to destroy me. But I will consider your testimonies. I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law, it's my meditation all day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. And I understand more than the ancients, because I kept your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep your word. And I have not departed from your judgments. For you, have, uh, for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, and therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, and I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your, righteousness, uh, your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. I accept, I pray, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life is continually in my hand, but I don't forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies... I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart, and I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. I hate the double-minded, 
but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word, depart from me, evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your word that I may live. And do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Hold me up and I shall be safe and I shall observe your statutes continually. You reject all those who stray from your statutes for their deceit is falsehood. You put away all the wicked of the earth like dross and therefore I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you and I am afraid of your judgments. I have done justice and righteousness and do not leave me to my oppressors. Be safety or surety for your servant for good. Do not let the proud oppress me. My eyes fail from seeking your salvation and your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your mercy and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. And it is time for you to act, O Lord, for they have regarded your law as empty. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold, more than fine gold. Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right, and I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple I opened my mouth and I panted and I longed for your commandments. And look upon me and be merciful to me as your custom is towards those who love your name. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon, my ser- upon your servant and teach me your statutes. Rivers of water run <clears throat> down my eyes because men do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. Your testimonies which you have commanded are righteous and faithful. Zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your words. Your word is very pure, and so therefore your servant loves it. And I am so small and despised, but I don't forget your precepts. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Trouble and anguish have overtaken me, Yet your commandments are my delight, and your righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. I cry out with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord, and I will keep your statutes. I cry out to you. Save me, and I will keep your testimonies. And I rise before the dawning of the morning, and I cry for help, and I hope for your word. My eyes are awake through the night watches, so that I will meditate on your word and hear my voice according to your loving kindness. O Lord, revive me according to your justice. They draw near who follow after wickedness. They are far from your law, and you are near, O Lord. Yet all your commandments are truth. Concerning your testimonies, I have known from old that you have founded them forever. Consider my affliction and deliver me. For I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to your word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they don't seek your statutes. Great are your tender mercies, O Lord. Revive me according to your judgments. Many are my persecutors and my enemies, yet I do not turn from your testimonies. I see the treacherous, and I'm disgusted, because they don't keep your word. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving truth, or your loving kindness. The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Princes, persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word. And as one who finds great treasure, I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. Seven times a day I will praise you because of your righteous judgments. Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing causes them to stumble. And Lord, I hope for your salvation, and I 
do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give, my, give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will utter praise, for you teach me your statutes, and my tongue shall speak your word, for your commandments are righteousness. Let your hand become my help, for I have chosen your precepts, and I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise you. Let your judgments help me. I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. In this text, and we're going to just kind of encapsulate it a little bit and go through and break it down just a little bit. There's one or two verses that don't make a direct reference in some way or shape or form to the commands, to the information of God. And we want to talk about the mind and information. In this passage, uh, and specifically as we talked about the sources, as David looks at the source of information... There are 14 different descriptions of the divine knowledge repeated again and again and again. Let's, let's go through this uh, again and, and just kind of look at some of these and kind of categorize them a little bit. Because they're important, because they're not just random, but these represent 14 different ways that, that our mind processes pieces of information. The things that they appeal to. Uh, so, so let's look at these, um, and, and there's, there's more than that if you're reading your Bible uh, in English, there's more than that. There's the, but sometimes for the sake of uh, not sounding redundant, they'll take a, a, a single Hebrew word and they'll, they'll put, like, a, like uh, we'll talk about the word statutes, and you might read ordinances. That's actually the same word. They try to make it sound not so redundant. But in 176 <laughs> verses, you run out of synonyms. So... Uh, so there's actually only, uh, there's only 14 different ones. Uh, and I want to look at those. Uh, the first group uh, is, it appeals to the concept of God's communication to us. And these are those five. He speaks again about knowledge, and he speaks about truth and speech and word and testimonies. Uh, knowledge is, is what we, when we think of knowledge, it's just the general basic Information. This is just the information. Um, and that's important. These are the facts, the cold hard facts of the case. But he goes further than, than that. He talks about truth, that these are not just facts, but that the facts are, we all have facts, right? You get into a discussion and this person represents a fact and, and this person has a fact uh, and we argue over facts and is this really a fact or not? But at the, at what is underneath a fact is truth. It's, it's reality. And God's word is not just a bunch of collection of facts, but it is, it is a representation of truth. And what actually is. And so, so as we go through and he says, I actually know more than, than the smart people. You can know more than the smart people because they know a lot of collection of facts and yet they can know a lot of facts and not know the truth. So God's word is, is so much deeper than that. He says, and this is, these are two similar things. It sounds like they're synonyms, and they kind of are. But the, the difference between speech and word, I want to talk about words and speech. One represents that it is communication from God. 
Right? It is, it's direct communication from God to receive messages. Now, so many people will say, I wish God would just say, well, oh, I would believe him if he would just come and say, this is his speech. <laughs> if you would, then just read this. It's his speech. But, but word is interesting. We, we'll, say, we'll say a phrase, I give you my word. It means more than, yeah, what, what, what word is that? Right? Which one was that? What, which word? Well, it's, it's more than a, a word, but it has an idea of being from my essence. It, it represents me, if I give you my word. It, is, it represents my integrity. It's so much more than, than communication from my mouth but it represents my integrity. It represents who I am. If you can trust me, you can trust my word and my words, my speech. The one, this one kind of, I didn't know which, to put, which category to put it in, so I put it here to make it even. Uh, but testimony. When testimony is a communication. It's also kind of a legal word, which is where we're going to go in, into next, the next section. But it is evidence to be weighed. A testimony is, is my official communication. It, you can trust it because it comes from me and I have integrity, but, but it is official. This is God's official. And, and David over and over again says, uh, you know, I, my whole heart longs for your testimony, your, your witness, your evidence. The next section represents obligation. The obligation of information, it's not just messages that he gave us, but, but along with those messages come obligation. And these are the words, as you say, testimony could fit under here. Uh, he says it's law. It's an overall concept of order. The law is just in general. There's, there's, there's order and structure. But those are made up of individual commands. These are the individual rules that, that go along. And, and whatever arrangement God has established, whether it's in the Old Testament or New Testament, God has individual commands. And, and this is, we, we get into so much conflict with trying to figure out whether the law and, and where commands are. And we, well, why is there an old law and a new law and why is it different? The, the individual rules can vary. As God has a, an arrangement with the Jews, he has individual rules. He has a law. He has a way he keeps order, and that's always the law. He does away with certain things that people think of as the law. And so, so Galatians will talk about the, well, he's done away with the law. He hasn't done away with the law, period, because we are under a law of liberty. It has different rules. It has a different set of commands. He's not violating his nature. He's just changed the structure a little bit. But then you get into things, and again, these, you look at these and you say, well, these all kind of look the same. Is, is he just, maybe for poetic sake, he's varying his own language. Statutes and commands are, are somewhat, they, they cross over. Statute, uh, and this is the one I say, it's, it, sometimes in, in Psalms it'll, be, it'll say ordinances. These are, it literally means an appointment or a direction. It's more than the rules. <clears throat> a, uh, a statute 
And they come up with a law. They make a law. And then there's all these pages after it <laughs> that tell you how the law has to be carried out. That's, that's a statute. These are the individual ways that I want you to do it. It's all the details that go along. You can't do this. Okay, but here's how you have to know all these. These are statutes, ordinances. And so, so God, is, he's, this is why it's not, you know, like two pages. There's more information. This is how I want you to carry out things. Precepts. Recur, uh, refer to the requirement aspect of the rule. In other words, what does God want to accomplish with the rule? What are these ordinances there to do? And then judgment. These are God's decisions. These are a result of, of a, a, a determination that God has made. And so to be in, to argue with the rule, or to argue with the with ordinance that God has made, is to be in insurrection. You hear a lot about that word, insurrection. To argue about the rules and the little ordinances that I don't like, is to be in insurrection because they're all judgments of God. God took the time to make the law, and then he said, here's some rules, but here's how the rules get carried out. So we, when we start arguing about anything at, at, at any point of this, I stand, as the Bible says, in enmity against God. And then there's application. He calls it light, lamp. It, it's not just there to, to be a list of things that God wants me to do because... But it's there for purposes. Again, we kind of see that shift into that as he, as he talks about uh, his judgments. Why did he come up with these ideas? Well, it's to be a light. It's, it's, it's to be, he calls it his counselor. It's there to give advice. And it's there for our benefit. All these things show the benefit. It's there to give me understanding. It's not just to a set of facts. But the mind, you see how the mind is engaged in so many different ways. As, as David is writing this, the mind is really complex. It's not just memorization of facts. But there's all these different things. And now we're getting to the point where, where he says, you're going to be able to discern things. You're, you're going to have a collection that you can pull from and, and evaluate situations and settings and relationships. Plans, priorities, all these things. You have now a, a mass of, of a wealth of information from which to do this from and then the last one he says I want he's, all the different ways he talks about it, it, he comes back to this again and again your ways oh lord your ways what does that mean it's the practical what it looks like it, it, it's that I'm going to be doing something based on all this information and the, the mind is going to say there's some things that need to be accomplished more than the, the assimilation of information. And I, look at me, I'm a big library. There's ways. And that mind needs to contemplate the practical application of all of this information.
I want to talk a little bit about the heart and the mind. We're briefly going to go through this. Because there is crossover. I, I want to just look at two ideas. First of all, as he went through this, and I just want to look at some of the words. And I've kind of condensed some of these, maybe looked at some synonyms just for, for brevity. But first he talks about the benefit of the knowledge. As, as he goes through this chapter, he talks about all the things he wants from it, all the, the ancillary benefits that he gets from it. Listen to some of the things that he's looking for from the word, from, from, from God's information, what it's going to do. He talks about, not, about being undefiled, not ashamed, respect, uprightness, not forsaken, cleansing, not sinning, teaching, blessing, life. Maybe some of these resonate more with you, some, some less, I don't know, but enlightenment, amazement. Reputation, revival, understanding, strength, motivation, humility, establishment, mercy, salvation, direction, comfort, kindness, stability, wisdom, self-control, security, safety, justice, judgment, confidence, Deliverance, peace, help, and rescue. Those are, those are the words. There's probably more if I went back through. We could come up with. There's just a, a bunch of things that he's looking for. And he says, this, this is found in information. These are all the things that come from God's information. Uh, but it's not just there. And you kind of see how the heart is involved. The emotion side of things is, is, is complex. We don't just divide neatly. But he then says, well, this is my approach to this. Because I want these things from it, this is how I'm going to be motivated to seek these things. Listen to this list. Walk. Keep. Seek. Apply. Be diligent. Praise. Learn. Pay attention to. Not wander from. Hide. Declare. Rejoice. Meditate. To respect, to delight in, to not forget, to long for, to talk about, to feel the weight of, to choose, to lay before, to stick to, like that one, to run in, to observe, to fear, to answer, to trust, to hope in, to love, to lift up, to not decline, to sing of, to contemplate, to give thanks, to be a companion to believe, to influence, to enjoy. Then on the opposite side, to hate the falseness, to hate what's opposite, to perform, to not err, to esteem, to grieve. He talks about zeal and he talks about night vigils. That's his reaction to it. You see all the different ways that he was attentive to it and wanted to gain this information and what he wanted to do with it. There's a lot there. He was focused with his, with his mind, with his heart. And so I want to get close to God. I'm going to kind of talk about just a couple of things. I want to know, first of all, our weakness. We, to understand our weakness, he mentions one 
I just, I didn't even, I didn't even notice it. I was halfway through it, and I, and I, I just noticed it. And it's, it's um, our first verse here. He talks about how he hates the double-minded. And this is what James says. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given him. Let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. That person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I always wondered, how, why would you ask from God and then, and then doubt that you were going to... I didn't understand that. It's like, it's right there. What, doubt God, that, that, that God's going to give it? Information or understanding? And I wonder if that's not really what, what James is driving at. I wonder if James is driving at something different, that, that we ask from God to get wisdom, this ability to, to use information and gain information, but we don't like where it goes. I kind of got two brains out there, you know? It's like I got the mind that, that, that wants it, sort of, but I, I don't really want where God's going to go. I, I really want God to, to confirm me. And that's kind of the, an idea that we're going to look at here in just a second <clears throat> as we close but, but we, we want, I, I think our hearts inside of us want that information. But we're sometimes double-minded because it's going to imply stuff to me. I'm like, I want it, but I don't know if I really want it. Well, then I'm never going to improve. I'm never going to grow. If I set limits on that information, what I'm going to let it do to me, I'm never going to grow. Don't let that man assume he's going to change or be improved in any way. Because he's limiting God. And that gets to the last one. Second Timothy 4, 3-4. He says, The time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. We hear this phrase all the time, confirmation bias. It's a, it's a nice phrase. It's a new phrase. And it's an old idea. I'm going to limit the information... That, that I take in because I don't like where some of it's going. And so I'm just going to only listen to the stuff that agrees with me. I'm only going to pay attention to that, and I'm going to isolate that. So as we close, this is your advice for the week. Don't make reservations. We're so reserved. Like a, this is the area where God can come in. This is the information. And I, I, this, is, this is held over here. I want you to listen to just a few words from Psalms 119. And these are words, I love totality words. Whenever I find them in the Bible, I love them. I pay close attention. This is how he either described God's information or his response to information. Just listen to just a short list. All my heart. Utterly. Whole. All times, to the end, continually, without delay, all day, seven times a day, always, consumed, everlasting, from the beginning, and forever. David made no reservations. He understood the all-encompassing nature of God. God's information and his mind's need to have it. Let's stand.